up, guys? Welcome back to Conversations with Chris, episode number six. And today I have with me MD Farm 23, aka Michael. You can find him on Instagram at MD Farm 23, one of my absolute favorite accounts to follow. Uh, an inspirational account because every time he posts a new card, it gets me going to eBay to try and find uh, something similar, maybe very similar tastes uh, Michael and I have, I think. And he's a great collector. He, he's been collecting for a long time. He's seen a lot of things in the hobby. We're going to talk about it. He's got an incredible Michael Jordan collection, incredible Kobe, LeBron. He dabbles in some of the newer players too, Trey, Luca, Tatum. Just scrolling his Instagram right now, and jealousy overcomes me. So without further ado, Michael, uh, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on, my friend. Uh, thank you, Chris. I just want to say it's uh, an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Uh, oh, man. I think I told you this Please before, but um, you are my inspiration for starting to collect 90s Jordan inserts in the first place. Wow. And and now I feel surpassed as I look <laughs> no, at all no, this no. stuff you've acquired. It was your Instagram page, you know, back in late 2018 and early 2019 that motivated me to start on my quest to pick up as many 90s Jordan inserts as possible. And I remember oh, when I first started collecting, you were the one that I would go to for advice and you would share your wealth of knowledge with me. And you were always so humble and gracious in doing so. So for me, this is like, I think how Kobe felt when he played up against Jordan for the first time, you know, when the student goes up against the mentor. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. Thank you for, thank you for that, man. I, you know, we all, you, me, all of us, uh, especially Jordan collectors, because that's who we're, you know, talking to all the time. Like, I think we all just love to share our passion for cards, man. Uh, we could we could probably talk cards for endless hours. Uh, so that, that brings me to the first thing I want to talk about here, which is uh, how we met, like, like first, first connected met. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, what do you remember about this? Yeah, my, my first memory of when we met was, I remember March 2019, after I looked at our Instagram page, I made a checklist of the inserts I wanted to go after. And the very first one on my list was Hot Shots. I still remember Hot Shots was the one that caught my eye first. And on eBay, you had the Hot Shots for sale in BGS9. And I messaged you. And I later realized when we were talking that you were the one behind the Instagram page that motivated me to start collecting in the first place. <laughs> which cracked me up. Cause I'm like, I'm talking to the guy that is bringing me here to the hobby in the first place. <laughs> well, I, that's what I remember too. And I, I remember being very impressed with you as a buyer because what had happened was I had gotten a nine five of hot shots. And so I was selling my nine and you were like pouring over it. You were like, I, can I see additional pictures? Um, you know, what's this? What's this? What, can you take it, this from a different angle? And as a seller, I love to do that. Um, I love I love a buyer who's really engaged because you know that's that's a buyer who might become, and as happened in this case, a friend, somebody who loves cars, and somebody who just puts so much attention to the detail. That's the type of person that I I love to to talk to and and learn from. And so you were studying the card very carefully. And that um, that's something that like speaks to your PC as well, because like if I ever wanted to buy a card from you, like I know that before you bought it, you poured over it very carefully. 
Like, can you speak to that? Like having, cause you know, sometimes like I, I fall victim of this. I just see a card that I want. I see it's graded a nine or something. And I'm just like, I buy it. And I don't pour over it too carefully, but you look over very carefully. You have discipline. Like how, do, how does the thought process work? Like when you're looking to, to add a card? Yeah. Um, so my theme for my collection is I collect only um, the Jordan inserts that are BGS nine mint, but I, I try to make sure that it has 9.5 centering as a start. Cause I, for me, the eye appeal is all about the centering. So I want to make sure it's 9.5 centering. And then the other subgrades, um, I just want to make sure that the card is sharp. I want to look at the corners to make sure there's no white showing. So I'm, I'm kind of picky when it comes to looking at the actual card, because for me, not all BGS nines are made the same. You know, there's a BGS nine that has an 8.5 and you see a lot of white in the corner and I'll pass because I'd rather look for one that's a BGS nine also, but it doesn't have the white in the corner. So I guess you can you say I'm, I'm pretty picky when it comes to picking out the right BGS nine. Cause for me, they're not all created equal. Great way to be. It reminds me too. Um, so I first heard of you making your entrance to the Michael Jordan collecting scene when Rodman Martinez uh, messaged me and he said, uh, Hey man, there's a new guy coming up on the scene. He's very sharp. He's very strategic. He's picking up BGS nines, you know, and he, but he wouldn't tell me who you were. Cause Rodman's funny like that. He, he likes to have secrets and like tease you and make you pry. And, and then I, we all found out who you were and it was awesome. And like, you and Josh Keen, um, who was a guest a couple of episodes prior, you guys both focus on BGS nine. What what was the reason that you that you uh, selected to to do BGS nine? Yeah, um, mine was pretty simple. Um, it was because I wanted to be able to collect all the top '90s Jordan inserts on my checklist, but I couldn't afford them to all be gem mint. I couldn't pay the BGS nine point five price, but I wanted them to be pretty good looking. So I figured a BGS nine would be suitable. So I stuck to only doing BGS9, and I wanted them all to be the same. So I wanted to have them all be BGS9 mint. And my only um, counterpoint is it has to be 9.5 centering. So I always look for the ones with the best eye appeal, BGS9 mint with 9.5 centering. And all my Jordan inserts are the exact same way. It's it. And it becomes very impressive as the collection goes and builds on and on. It might feel like, you know, at the start, you have to be very patient. You have to wait. But like by the time, you know, months, years have rolled by and you put together this collection that has this beautiful BGS nine harmony to it and all the centerings are nine fives and stuff. I, I bet it's pretty rewarding to pull out the PC and just everything is uniform and lines up. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I was able to take a collage picture with all the, the BGS nine lined up in a big picture. I think all I, I had 21 of them and I posted it on Instagram. And I think it just looks really good when they're all the same color slab, when they're all silver, BGS9, all the way across. So for me, it was, it's rewarding to see the collecting pay off when you're able to take a picture like that with all your hard work poured into one picture. For sure. I'm looking at it right now. High Voltage 500, Molten Metal Fusion, Platinum Portraits, Noise Boys, Hot Shots, Golden Touch, Thrill Seekers, A Cut Above, Linchpins, Hardware, Take It Two.net, Rave Reviews, Galaxy exclamation points i mean and that's only the top two rows like did you order these and like the ranking yeah. of which ones you like the best or, it, okay. yeah exactly so from left to right i kind of put them in the order that i enjoy that i enjoyed collecting them and my favorite cards from one through 21 are going from left to right so my favorite card is high voltage 500 
had that in the number one slot. Uh, man, I used to have an 8.5. Uh, it had a refractor line. I didn't care. I absolutely loved that card. It's one of the ones I missed the most when I was selling to buy some other Jordans. It's just a beautiful card. I think um, there was an Instagram account the other day that posted a really good picture of a Kobe one. I think 0.4 seconds posted one with just the right camera angle. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful card. 100%. Now, I, I know that you've um, you've you've crossed successfully and also oh, not yeah. crossed some PSA cards over to BGS. What's that experience been like? Yeah, so it's, it's hard to find everything on your checklist in BGS 9 right off the bat. So I had a, quite a few cards where I found them in PSA 9, and I had to get a, a graded card review with BGS to convert the PSA 9 to BGS 9. And I'd say for the most part, it was successful about 80% of the time. I, was, I would send in a PSA 9, I would cross over to BGS 9, but there was times where BGS wouldn't do it for some reason or other. But yeah, it's hard to find everything you want in the exact grade you're looking for. So a lot of times I had to just purchase it in a different grade and then cross my fingers, I would cross over to BGS 9. And I think um, Platinum Portraits, I actually, I think I got that one from you as a PSA 9. I remember. Oh, awesome. That okay. Card, that was the one card I actually purchased from you that we made a deal on. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And you had that in PSA 9. I was looking for it in BGS 9, and I couldn't find one. So I grabbed yours, and I crossed it to BGS 9. And that was around like April April of last year. That is, that's awesome. Okay, and so that one crossed, but but sometimes uh, BGS doesn't accept the PSA 9. Yeah, for some reason, there's, you know, there were a couple cards, I think, um, where I tried crossing them over. Golden Touch was one, 97 Golden Touch. I had a PSA 9. I tried crossing it, and they declined it. Um, yeah. And what else did I try crossing? I tried crossing a Rave Review, PSA 9, and BGS declined it uh, as well. So, I mean, it's not always guaranteed they're going to cross your PSA 9 to BGS 9. Um, they, they do for the most part, but, yeah, there's, there's times where they didn't cross me over, unfortunately. I'm looking at the uh, Platinum Portraits BGS nine now, and I see the centering got nine five. Hooray! That's yeah. that's that's great, right? That's when you really hit the gold mine. There, you get yeah. There, you know, there, that you there are times in, there are times unfortunately where it would cross, but it would get nine centering, and I'd have to sell it because I I needed nine <laughs> five, which is very unfortunate. You know, all that hard work, wait. You know the, the waiting game is the hardest part now. As wait comes back, you cross, but it's a nine centering. I'm like, I got to sell it and get a nine point five. <laughs> <laughs> what about trading? Have you had any success finding trade partners with like the same card as a nine, but they have nine and a half center? I've, I've only done one trade straight up for Jordan, and that was with Stanley. Um, it was for Skybox 3Ds. He had the BJS nine, and I had the PSA nine, and we just did a straight up trade one for one, my PSA for his BJS, and we were both happy about it. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay. Eight. Uh, that is a lot of fun. Okay, let me now let me uh, shift to a new topic here. I want to talk a little bit about your hobby origin story. How did you get into collecting? You know, and kind of walk us through the timeline of your collecting over you know the course of your uh, of your life. Yeah, sure. So um, I listened to your interview with Joshua King the other day, which was a great interview, by the way. And his hobby story, I noticed, was pretty much nonstop since the late '80s. He would. He was collecting all the way until now. My hobby story is the complete opposite of that. It's getting in the hobby, taking a break, coming back in, taking a break, coming back in. I started in 91. I took a break in 93. Came back in 2003. Took a break in 2006. 
and then came back in 2018, 2019. So I've had times where I was not in the hobby for a long period of uh, long stretch of time, but I always ended up coming back. And all these breaks have been connected to life events that happened, you know, whether it be starting high school or starting grad school or, you know, starting a full-time job, getting married. And I'd always tell myself, okay, let's take a break from collecting and focus on this major life event, you know. But the problem is whenever I go on with the life event, I always pull myself back into collecting again. And I just can't stop. And it's like once you're hooked from the very beginning, you're pretty much hooked for life, unfortunately. (laughs) So true. So, so true. Now, when you take a break, do you sell stuff? Do you just put it away for a while? How does that work? Yeah, unfortunately for me, when I take a break, I sell my collection. So in 93, when whatever I collected were mostly Jordan-based cards, I remembered, but I sold them all. In 2006, my second break, I had a very nice collection, which I'll talk about in a bit, but I, I sold all that in 2006. If I had saved those and not sold them, me and you probably wouldn't be talking right now because I'd be in living on an island in the Bahamas. <laughs> like we wouldn't be able to communicate. I'd be on an island retired on a hammock <laughs> drinking from a coconut right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know I, the cards I collected from that period from 2003 to 2006, and it was very, very nice period of time for collecting cards, unfortunately for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's super t- 2003 coincidentally, uh, you know, timed with your uh with the return to the hobby was you know uh lebron's rookie year wade's rookie year so huge huge year for oh, i just wanted to mention real quick so um my very first experience in the hobby i was going to tell you about this real quick in 1991 so my very first experience was my dad took me to a local card shop and you want to guess the very first card i purchased Oh, in 91. It was not a Jordan. It was 1991, but it was not a Jordan. Hmm. Was it it like a a Larry Legend or a Magic Johnson? It was that Dikembe Mutombo 91 Upper Deck rookie card. Nice. Nice. I used to have that card. It was $4. I remember in the glass case, it was $4, and that was my very first purchase for basketball. So, so was your dad instrumental in introducing you to cards then, it sounds like? Um, he, he took me there because um, at school I would see my buddies with cards around, and I, would, I told him I wanted to go check out the card shop. So he took me. He would take me to the card shop, to the swap meet, to wherever they would sell cards. So he, he was important in supporting my, my love for the hobby, yeah. But did he collect? Or, or it was no, my dad you. didn't collect. Yeah, I didn't have anyone in the family that collected. I was the only person that collected. Um, I, had, you know, I had a couple buddies that would collect. But yeah, mostly just me for the most part. It's very similar to me. Very, very similar. Like my parents uh, would support me. Like all I would ever want for Christmas is a box of 93, 94 ultra basketball. <laughs> so like oh. that would be my Christmas gift. Speaking and, of 93, you know, 94, I was going to mention. Yeah, so yeah. that was my very first and only time that I've pulled the Jordan insert was in 93, 94 from Fleer. I got three packs of 93 Fleer for my birthday. And one of the packs that pulled the 93 Fleer Living, Le- Living Legend Jordan. Nice. And that was the only time I've ever pulled a Jordan insert. And I'll never forget the moment because when I pulled it, I saw Jordan and I just ran around the house like <laughs> the craziest person ever. And that card is actually, it's a beautiful, elegant insert. It's still pretty cheap compared to the other inserts, but it's just a beautiful insert. It's beautiful. It's very condition sensitive. Very difficult to jam that card. Yeah. But that's the one and only time I've ever pulled a Jordan insert. 
Wow. And, and look how it stays with you over all the years. Yeah, I still remember it today. And, you know, um, I busted packs here and there as, as an adult. But, you know, there's no replacement for that feeling you get when you're a little kid pulling that card from, from a pack. There's just no going back in time, unfortunately. No, there's not. But but it's cool, though, that as kids, we were, you know, for some reason, maybe our parents just, you know, didn't take the hobby quite so seriously. They, they understood cards in a different way than we did. But the parents were nonetheless supportive. And, you know, now here we are, these seeds that, that we sort of planted for ourselves as exactly. kids. And But now it's become, you know, one of the great escapes and uh, leisure activities or more or yeah, passions yeah, and obsessions <laughs> more like obsession <laughs> obsession for sure um all right so i want to use that because i want to talk about your return in 2003 because that yeah. reminds me of uh so coleman was a an early guest on the show he also was similar to you come in leave and he has two of the exact same return dates as you 2003 and 2018 and so those both are big, big rookie classes. And like, let's talk about 2003 first and like use that to kind of tell the story. So you have a very, like, you had like a hobby viral Instagram post back on March 2nd of 2019, photo bucket memories part three. Oh yeah, yes. The picture of a LeBron RPA. What What is going on here? So do you remember that movie with um, with Jim Carrey, uh, Eternal? sunshine of the spotless mind i do you ever heard of that yep. so in that movie he tries to erase certain memories from his life so for me i was trying <laughs> to do that my entire life with the lebron exquisite like i didn't want to remember that i actually owned that card because every year it kept going up in value and every year i would check ebay and it kept going up you know two times three times four times and i try to forget about it but i just figured you know what the only way to get over it is to just post the picture, let people know I actually own this card and I sold it so early. And hopefully that'll get me over the hump of forgetting about, you know, the fact that I own this card and sold it way too early. So I'll tell you um, how I obtained the card in the first place. So in 2003, you know, was the big draft class, LeBron, Wade, Mello, And Exquisite was just starting out. And it was $500 per, per pack, which was crazy, right, at the time. And I was in college. So I didn't have a lot of money. So the, the way I made money was um, flipping. I would buy cards and then sell, buy and sell. So I was grinding, you know, on eBay, buying and selling. And Because I was in college. I didn't have a lot of money. I would buy a card, you know, wait a little bit. Hopefully the, the player took off and then made a profit off the card and then do that same thing again, buy and sell and buy and sell. So fortunately for me, I, I purchased the right cards because I had enough where um, I was able after about a year of doing this to um, purchase the LeBron Exquisite. And I, I saw it on eBay. I messaged the guy about the card, and we made a deal off eBay through PayPal. And I got the card in my hand, and it was beautiful. And, I mean, I was just like, I wish I could own this card forever. I, I mean, at the time, I, I told myself that. But, again, I was in college. And unfortunately for me, I purchased the card at the wrong time in my life. You know, if I had purchased it now, you know, where I had a full-time job, where I was more financially stable, then I would have definitely have kept it, you know, for life. But unfortunately for me, I was a young kid. I was a college kid. And, you know, a $10,000 card is just not something 
you're able to hold for a long time. Um, so I sold it within a year. Um, very depressing, but I did own it. And, you know, I had the picture of it to prove it, um, from multiple angles. Uh, I do wish I kept it, you know, and right now I, I purchased it. Uh, I still remember the price. I purchased it for $10,000. I sold it a year later for a thousand dollar profit <laughs> for $11,000. <laughs> and today there's an auction on golden auctions for the parallel version, the 23 Jersey numbered version, BGS 9.5, that's over a million dollars. So you live, you learn, you know, just a hobby regret, but posting it actually helped me, you know, kind of forget about what happened. And I feel better with my life, you know, having done all that. <laughs> well, it's a great post. Everybody's been there, man. Every, you know, <laughs> it does. it's not on the same scale as you, but I've sold stuff that's tripled in value <laughs> at least. Probably some of the ones, or the, the one I sold you is probably tripled in value at least. It's hard not to sell, you know, in your entire hobby life. If you, I know. you have can't avoid budget, it. It's hard not to sell. And unfortunately, the hobby keeps going up in price. So whenever you do sell, it's going to go up in price. It is. It's, you know, there's a saying that some of us talk about. It's just better to have cards than cash. Yeah. And, it kind of seems to be true lately. Stagnant, but uh, cards just keep going up. <laughs> right, right. So we, but we all definitely have those stories. But you know, it's really fun. See, you own. You were one of only ninety nine people at the most who who owned that card yep. in the in the early days. Right, like you had that card before it was this behemoth and and that's part of your hobby story and it's it's a great it's a great story man because i don't know it it made me feel a little better when i read the post <laughs> well, i'm glad it, it made you feel better about your regrets <laughs> i did you know i was like wow this is this is courageous i i really enjoyed the post um, was, but the crazy thing is like the card was selling on ebay you could buy them all day for eight to ten thousand dollars from that period of time like they were available yeah in high quantity and it was easy to purchase them. They're like the, when I bought it, there was like three or four at the same time on eBay for sale for nine to $10,000 a piece, you know? And I remember like a couple of years later, the price actually went down. Like it went down to like uh, $8,000 in 2009. And it didn't really jump in price until I'd say um, 2014, 2015. But there was a period of time where it actually was not that expensive to purchase. You sometimes you have this. Uh, you're a very good researcher, and you have this WorthPoint link. WorthPoint is a website that's used to research oh, yeah. like old eBay. Uh, for those who don't know, and you have this WorthPoint screenshot that you send sometimes of like this massive LeBron collection. It had like I, I want to say a few RPAs in it. Like it had seven crazy. RPAs in it. <laughs> okay, tell me about this. This. Uh, tell tell the audience about this. I I use that picture to make myself not feel bad about selling my one. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. There was a sale in 2012, seven LeBron RPAs out of 99. There was an ultimate BGS 9.5. There were a bunch of exquisite LeBrons and Jordans. And the entire lot was $50,000. <laughs> Today, that lot, I was piecemealing each card. I believe it's gonna it's over 5 or $6 million today <sighs> for $50,000 back in 2012. <laughs> so is there any lesson here that we can take away as collectors hobbyists? <laughs> sell. If you if you have a card that that you feel special about that means a lot to you, 
do anything you can sell anything else in your life but that card because it will go up. The history of <laughs> cards show that they will all go up. Try not to sell. <laughs> now, I see some other just ridiculous cards that I assume are from this era. You've got the Wade and the Mellow uh, Ultimate Logo Man one of ones. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't have all these at the same time. Um, I had to sell to, to buy most of them. So I had the exquisite um, Jordan Titleist first. That was in 2005. I sold that um, and I purchased the LeBron Ultimate Auto Patch from 2003. It was rookie Auto Patch out of 25 three color and the Wade one as well. And then I sold those to purchase the LeBron exquisite RPA out of 99. And then when I sold that, I took the sale money from that to purchase the Wade and mellow ultimate Logoman. So I had them all at separate times. It's not like I had them all together at the same time, but so I, I sold each one to purchase the next one in line. Well, you definitely had great taste from the start. Those are just historic. Cars. I mean, they're just like museum pieces, you know, they're just beautiful, elegant, pieces of art so but, what was it so you were uh collecting just these absolutely high-end monster cards uh as a young young man college student yeah and you know now i see that you have these really nice high-end you know michael jordan 90s inserts like what was it that that uh you know was it something about the aesthetic of them was it something about just the the market for them what was it that that captivated you about the 90s inserts you know, it, it really was my very first instinct was that memory I told you about when I pulled the Living Legend insert from 93. When I came back in the hobby, um, I thought about that and I was like, what do I want from this hobby? And I wanted to enjoy it the way I enjoyed it when I was a little kid. So for me, that 93 Living Legend was the most pure moment of enjoying the hobby. So that's when I started researching Jordan inserts and that's when I stumbled upon your Instagram page and upon doing research with your page and then the, um, the blowout page with the uh, insert pack odds of all the Jordan inserts, I compiled a checklist of all the Jordan nineties inserts I wanted to go after. And I just went down the line going on eBay. I used Facebook, Instagram, just checked off box after box until I could finish off my checklist. Um, I'm still not completely done. There's a couple that I haven't found yet in BGS nine, but for the most part, since uh, I picked up my first one, the Hot Shots in March of 19, um, I've pretty much got everything I've been looking for except for a couple. Nicely done. Okay. <clears throat> so, and you also recently picked up, and I want to talk a little bit about your LeBron collection now, uh, the 2003 Upper Deck, the Star Rookie, and, and not just, you know, not just the rookie, you got the gold, the gold parallel out of 100. What's the story with this card? Oh, yeah. So that one I picked up in December 2019 um, off eBay. And I just wanted a really nice LeBron um, parallel rookie card. And for me, um, that upper deck star rookie brought back memories of when I came back to the hobby in 2003. And the upper deck star rookie, I remember seeing that card quite a bit. And that was one of my favorite designs that entire year. So I didn't want the uh, regular card. I was looking for a parallel, either the rainbow or the gold. The rainbow out of 25 or the gold out of 100. And I found the gold first out of 100 on eBay. And I was able to get that card um, in December. I believe that was um, for $1,500. Oh, my goodness. That that card must have 10 x since then. <laughs> no, I think the last sale was 6000 I think. 
Okay. Yeah. What, like a month ago? Because <laughs> yeah, about a month, yeah, about a month ago. It may be up more since then. Okay, and then I and I see you've paired it with the 2003-04 Upper Deck MVP uh, Black out of 25 BGS9, of course, at 9.5 centering. And you you wrote on the post, you said the Black Parallel was seated one in 335 packs, 230 cards in the set. That means the pack odds for this LeBron were one in 77,050. Yep. What's this? What's the deal with this card? When did you get this one? That one I got um, on Instagram, and I just happened to be at the right place at the right time for that one to work out a deal. You know, that's just how it happens in the hobby sometimes. If if you're in the right place at the right time with the right amount of money, you get the deal done. And if any of those factors are off, you know, if the place, the time, or the money are off, then you unfortunately you lose out on the opportunity. But for that one, I was just in the right place at the right time, and I was able to make a deal with the owner of that card. Um, it was raw from a, a guy, a big time LeBron collector that had it for about 15 years. I got it graded and it fortunately came back uh, BGS nine, just like I like. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love when that works out and it's number one, it's serial. No, it says the first one stand. Yeah. And the, um, the actual, the upper deck, um, when the rainbow one is actually one of the 25 as well. And they're both uh, one out of 25. Fortunately. Yep, and then yeah, I'm looking at the rainbow now. So you, <laughs> so you paired both out of twenty fives. So you also have the uh, the star rookie rainbow out of twenty five and the gold out of one hundred. Very very impressive. And then you've got here the two thousand four two thousand five exquisite collection auto patch out of one hundred Lebron. Oh yeah. Uh, ha- have you had this one for a while, or is this a new pick? No, um, I actually didn't start picking up LeBron till June, 2019. And it was because I, there was a lull in my collecting of the Jordan nineties inserts. I couldn't find any more than I needed. It just kind of dried up, you know, which happens sometimes. So in June, um, there was an auction for the Chrome refractor, um, in gem from PWCC on eBay. And I just remember looking at it and it had the old, um, BGS label, which really caught my eye. Cause it brought me back to uh, my memories from when I first collected in 2003 I was like, I, I need this card um, because of that old BGS label. So I went after the refractor first, and then that kind of led to me picking up the other LeBrons along the way. But yeah, that refractor was the very first purchase I made for my LeBron PC. And then the Exquisite, I got um, later on in the year, I think also in 2019, because um, I had the Jordan and the Kobe, and I wanted the LeBron to kind of make like the trio of the big three and the hobby at the time from that set. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Let's talk about your Kobe PC a little bit here. Um, So you've also got your top 21 Kobe inserts posted. And you've got Jambalaya, High Voltage 500, BAMs, Platinum Portraits, uh, Molten Metal Fusion, Noise Boys, Big Men on Court, etc. It's an incredible, incredible lineup of 21. When did you start uh, going after these these Kobe 90s masterpieces? So that um, the Kobe collection started in June as well in 2019 when there was that lull in my finding of Jordans, I just couldn't find any more I needed on my checklist. So I, I looked at the Kobe inserts and I realized that they were selling for a fraction of the Jordan cards from the same insert set. So, you know, for example, my first Kobe pickup was a 97 championship hardware and I got the Kobe for $250 when the Jordan was $2,000. So it was like an eight to one or nine to one ratio of Jordan to Kobe. And I was like, that is crazy. Like you can get eight Kobe championship hardwares for the same price as one Jordan championship hardware. So to me, it made sense to pick up Kobe's from the same insert sets that the Jordans were from 
because I had already done this checklist and I, I knew what to go for. So I just changed my search title from you know Jordan to Kobe and picked up <laughs> picked up BGS nine copies of all these um, Kobe's as well. How many total do you have now? For Kobe, um, I think I have twenty five total right now. Jordan's I have thirty two. Nice, and and you have these awesome videos where you just kind of thumb through the the whole collection. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's nice because I was able to put them all in um, slab guards, and they fit in my box really well. And I have sixteen on each uh, row of the box, so when I flip through them with the slab guards, it just works really well. Yeah, and explain what slab guards are for the audience. Yeah, slab slab guards are this product uh, created by Stephen Go. It really really great product. Um, my BJS cases would constantly get scratched or I'd be afraid to drop them. So this slab guard is a protective um, plastic that you can put around your BJS case and it just protects the card from getting scratched up and you don't have to worry about you know it dropping and then you have to turn it to BJS, get a recase, and it's the whole waiting game. So it just adds protection for your, your BJS case and it fit really well in my, um, my collection case and I was able to flip through the cards really well with the slab guards on them. For sure. And we're going to move on now to, to some of the new players that you're collecting, the more the rookies and some of the more modern guys. But I just want people to check out your page if they haven't already, because, you know, you've got more stuff on here. You've got some monster Dwayne Wade rookie cards, uh, lots, some nice curries on here. Lots of really cool stuff to see. But I, I want to talk now about your return in 2018 what 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 you say is like life events that kind of brought you back what what was it um if you don't mind sharing or if, if you do that's fine too but what what was it a specific life event that brought you back in was it interest and in like hey there's a really cool draft class was that kind of part of it too or how did that work um i came back in 2018 just because my life i felt was fairly stable um i'd just gotten married and you know i felt like financially i was okay to rejoin this hobby that I loved for so long. There was a period of time, you know, before that, the 13 years where I wasn't in the hobby, I had school and I had to start working, pay back loans. And I just felt like it wasn't a good time to spend money on buying these cards, you know, and you know, they're quite a large investment um, as I'm sure you're well aware. So I figured, you know, 2018, after I had my life pretty much set and stable, I'd rejoin and, you know, it, it helped that there was a great, a great uh, draft class that year with, um, with Luca and Trey. And it was just a great time to rejoin the hobby for me. Yeah. Cause I'm seeing here and you pick this one up, it looks like in a little bit later in 2019, the, you've got the optic gold BGS nine, five Trey oh, yeah, Young Trey. rookie yeah, card. I'm Trey Young. I, I, I like Trey. I think he reminds me of Curry, um, you know, with his, three-point shot and I think the Hawks will be um much better team next year but yeah I like that card um because it's number three out of ten and um three reminds me of Trey because you know shooting a shooting the three <laughs> absolutely and what was it that made you decide to pick up the optic gold do you like optic the, the set? Yeah, I, think, I think optic is a really good brand um prism right now is the um you know the top name in the hobby in terms of those type of cards but I think optic is solid number two. And I think in terms of design that year, um, for me, I felt like optic was a better design and the gold is just beautiful, um, background for the optic card. So I, I decided to go hard after that card. Um, and I love the fact it was number three out of 10. And then later on, I was able to pick up the, um, the immaculate, uh, 
jersey number three out of 11 as well for Trey. Right. I see that. So they're both, they're uh, both number, number three. three. <laughs> Very cool. What was the, see, there's a lot of hobby chatter right now. And it, you know, it's funny cause we're talking about optic and then immaculate. It's like optic had a huge moment at the end of last year when it suddenly became a very important set. And it, it, it really like blew up. I think part of it was the design, but part of it was just two people wanted an alternative to prism. And there was a lot of money in the hobby and, you know, people started buying up optic and the price went up. Yeah. Uh, now I'm seeing something similar happening. I think, uh, and it's unfortunate because I don't own any of these cards, but nonetheless, I see it happening. Immaculate and Flawless yep. seem to be getting traction right now. I've just I, It reminds me of what happened with Optic when there was a lot of people talking. Optic is really great. We love the design. We love this print stock. We love how it looks. And then 2018-19 came out, and the design was just reminiscent of 96 Chrome, and people just loved it. And now uh, here, here you are. You're picking up this gorgeous hollow foil jersey number immaculate Trey Young. And I, I find Trey to be extremely photogenic on cards. I think he looks amazing on cards. And what, so what was your thinking going with the immaculate here? Was it, did you, just like kind of with Kobe, how you noticed sort of, uh, it didn't make sense that his multiplier to MJ was so big. And then sure yeah. enough, that, that multiplier has closed significantly. Do you, did you kind of see something similar with immaculate? Is that what drove you to it? Yeah, sure. And then the, the fact was National Treasures um, was just so much more expensive for me. And I figured Immaculate, the design looked like exquisite from back when I first started collecting in 2003. So I was like, this reminds me of those exquisite RPAs and more so than National Treasures, I thought. And it was more affordable. And then the fact it was numbered to only 11 was a big drawing point for me. And the, the hollow foil is just stunning. Yeah, I... Um... I was so looking forward to the Luca, and I think I still will try to add it. The the Luca, yeah, the photo, man. What the heck, man? Like, oh, photo for that one. The patches on the uh, the jersey number are all two color or one color. There's no three color I've seen. So that's unfortunate. At least we'll keep it cheap. (laughs) You know, I I was looking at some data on that card. Uh, the redemptions came out of the gate low because the Luca was a redemption in Immaculate. Right. And they, ca- they came out the gate like three or four grand for the jersey number. And then they got all the way up to nine. And then there was a break when no more redemption sold. And then the cards got redeemed and they finally started coming in. And it's funny because the, the last few redemptions sold for more than any of the redeemed cards have. Like the redemptions were selling for higher because the part part of it is because the redemptions like were selling when Luca Mania was kind of going crazy at the end of last at the at the beginning of last season slash the end of 2019, and then you know stuff cooled off a little bit for for a while there when the redeem card came back. But also like I think people just actually had people just didn't feel the need to just have that card because of the photo, and it kind of speaks to how that influences the the hobby. Like what the card looks like does matter. Do you agree with that? Matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The aesthetics definitely matter. And I've unfortunately the end product of that card, the, the redeem card didn't meet the expectation of the redemption. Uh, and unfortunately that's why I think it sells for less after being redeemed than the, the redemption card did. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Okay. Uh, what about Luca? Do you have any Luca in the PC? Uh, yeah, I have, well, right now I just have one, um, Luca right now I have his nor um, RPA out of 99 um, it is numbered one out of 99 
But right now, currently, that is my only Luca. I am looking to get more, um, but the prices are just so crazy right now. It's just not a good time yeah. to buy. More of a good no, time, to I think. <laughs> yeah, and I see the set. It, it, it is. I, I agree with that. I think right now, but who knows? <laughs> who, who knows? It's, it's not a bad time to sell. Let's just say that. Like if you've been sitting on them for a while, but no, definitely a good time to cash in if uh, you've been sitting on cards for a while. For sure. But okay, so the centering is nine five. Uh, BGS nine. Uh, yeah. True to form. Do you, do you remember last year uh, you and I were talking and we were like really looking forward to the Mavs and like, and we were, there was a stretch of games where they had to play like, the Lakers and the Rockets and some really good teams. And we we're like, oh, yeah. oh, this is a great test. And if the Mavs do well here, then like we, you know, this might turn into a really fun season. And then they did. I remember they, they beat the Rockets they wire they to wire really and they, they beat the Lakers. Do you remember that was that's one of my yeah. favorite parts of collected man is we're all watching these games together. It's going crazy. Yeah. It's hopefully the uh, restart will follow as scheduled. I hope so. I hope so. And then I see you've got a, your most recent post is a Tatum. It's a 2017, 18 oh, yeah. prism blue ice BGS nine, five true jam. What are your thoughts on Tatum? I like Tatum a lot. I think he's a great player um, of all the young stars right now. I think his value has gone up a lot lately. Cause I think, the Celtics have the best chance of actually getting to the finals of all the teams the other young stars are on. So I feel like Tatum um, has gone up a lot just because of that. His his chance for a championship, I think, is um, greater than the other than Luca or um, or Trey or anyone else right now or Zion. It sure is. And man, what's going to happen if you know the Celtics make it to the finals? <laughs> <laughs> Tatum's going to go up even more. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Okay. So we're wrapping up here. I have just two questions. I always end with the well, three, I guess technically. Uh, so I've asked this one now of Jeremy Lee of Sports Cards Live and of uh, Doctor Beckett, and they both answered the same way. So the score right now is two to zero on this question, and I don't know where you're going to come down on this one. And the, and the question is this: Do you prefer to watch sports or to collect cards? It's a tough question. It's tough because, um, of course, we do both. But if I had to pick one. I would say collect uh, just because you feel like you have ownership and you're in control as opposed to just being a spectator. Uh, collecting puts you actually into the game. So I, I would say collect. Okay. Three, three, Oh, <laughs> three. Oh, okay. Very, very good. Very good. Okay. And now the last two questions and, you know, just have fun with this. This is not to be taken, you know, too seriously. This is just a fun question. Yeah. Uh, Name one player or card that you think is undervalued and one that you think is overvalued. Uh, overvalued right now. Um, actually, not a basketball player. I think right now the most overvalued player is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. Because he's gone up so much since February that he's priced as if he's won five or six Super Bowls already, and he's only won one. <laughs> I know he's young, but he's he's priced higher than Brady, and he's won six. And Mahomes has one right now, but he's priced as if he's won, you know, ten MVPs and ten titles already. So I think in terms of being overvalued, I think yeah, definitely he's way above current value. That's a very timely answer too, because he just signed his yeah. half of his prices doubled yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know his his Prism RC, which like there wasn't like a quote unquote base version. They're all silvers. So I guess depending on how you interpret that, either like the base is the silver, or they're just they're only silver. But either way, that card, the the lowest common denominator, Patrick Mahomes Prism card, 
uh, sold twice yesterday in a PSA 10 for an average price of $4,100. Crazy. Well, it could have been been 1K in February. The the, uh, reason I chose a football player is I feel like it's harder to repeat in football than basketball because football, you have, you know, the one game playoff series where basketball, you're more likely for the actual true best team to win each year. But football, sometimes it's a, a coin flip because it's just one game and you can lose that game very easily. Sometimes it's just luck. So it'd be very hard, I think, for him to rack up, you know, five or six titles necessary to justify his current value. That's, that's the main reason why I picked him. No, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting, thoughtful take. I mean, even people who are super high in Mahomes, I think would probably have to agree that uh, there's a lot of very strong expectations built into his prices. Same with Luca, the same, same with Giannis, same with a lot of guys. So, and then undervalued. Who do you think is undervalued right now? Undervalued, I would go with uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, okay. I saw his, I saw his immaculate sell the other day, um, auto patch 99 for like 4,000. And then the, um, <laughs> the uh, Luca immaculate 99 sold like a couple weeks ago for like 9,000. So like he's half of what Luca is. And, uh, you know, he's won a couple titles, a couple finals, MVPs poised to win you know the third one this year and he wins if, if the clippers win this year his prices will explode you know three three time champion three times finals mvp so i think Kawhi is very undervalued currently yeah man and his market is starting to catch up a bit because now his prison base psa 10 is trading at 2k his silver psa 10 just did 20k uh of course he's from that 2012 prism where silvers were short printed I actually have a Kawhi um, Silver Prism. That's my only Kawhi card, but I have his 2012 Silver Prism in a, in a gem. And I got it at the beginning of the season um, for 1900 <laughs> And that was after what, they won the title. What made you get it? Okay, okay. It was after they won the title, and I just felt like this card should not be under $2,000. You know, it's, it was rare, like a no. 2012 Prism Silver is, you know, less than 150 copies. And I thought it was his best card best rookie card and it was under $2,000 and he had just won the title with the Raptors. So I felt like, Hey, this is a very undervalued card and it's gone up quite a bit since then, but I still feel like um, most of his other cards are still undervalued. Now that Kawhi Immaculate was a BGS nine, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a BGS nine. Yeah. Did you buy that? No, no, I didn't, I didn't buy that. I, I saw that as a sale for it though, but I was, I was watching the auction, but I did not win the auction. Okay, because like that would have been, a, I think, a really, really good buy. I, I yeah. think like what's happening right now is the Kawhi market is out of sync. Uh, the the key Prism cards have gone crazy, and probably the other stuff is going to start to catch up, like the Immaculates. And I don't Absolutely. know. I don't think an RPA hasn't sold very recently, but like that card would probably get a pretty penny right now. I like it's, it's happening with Durant's, like Durant's RPA out of thirty five. From exquisite, just did. Durant 50K. has gone up a lot. Durant has gone up a lot lately. He has, he has, and like it's it's catching up. You know, like his yeah. silver, his uh, refractor, and his chrome base card like took off, and then everything else starts. It's, to more, it's like a domino effect because like Durant, Wade, Kawhi, Kobe, they're all all these stars from you know that were undervalued for so long are now catching up. They're all going up a lot. They sure are. Like I was looking at something. So ninety two, obviously a Shaq's rookie year, and one of his maybe his most expensive rookie card is the beam team members only PSA 10 and the Shaq and the Jordan used to both be about the same value. The Shaq would be a little bit more, but they were about the same value. And then after the last dance, ironically enough, 
the Shaq exploded in value. I mean, the Jordan right. did too, but yeah. the Shaq exploded in value. The Shaq went up to 8K, and so now the Shaq is about four times as much as the Jordan is. Yeah, so I, saw that. I've, I have no idea why it jumped so high, but it jumped really fast. Yeah, well, I, I think it's kind of what you're saying. Like, people are looking and they're saying, like, wow, like, okay, so maybe I don't come in right off the bat and buy like a Giannis Silver for 25 or 30K, but maybe I go get Shaq's best rookie card for under 5K and yeah. it's shiny and it looks cool. I don't know. Very so good point. Maybe. Who, who knows? I don't who, who knows? knows? Oh, okay, man. Good, good stuff here. I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I really, really want to appreciate, I want to say I appreciate you coming on with me. Um, you know, you, Josh Keen, these great Jordan collectors, these great collectors in general, really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. I appreciate you coming on. Not a problem. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me.